I am your host, Darius Velasquez, and you're listening to The Melancholy Condition. Welcome to Season 2. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps that people like to listen? How do I make money from podcasts? The answer to every single one of these questions is pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. The reason why I love Anchor is just because it's easy. It's simple. It's on my phone. I don't use any exterior hardware. I don't got to do anything really, but just pick up my phone, open the Anchor app, press record, invite my guests, and boom, you have the melancholy condition. So if you want to start your podcast, do so today. Go to anchor.fm. Awesome, David, you're here. Yes, I am here. Awesome, awesome, cool. So let me go ahead and give it a five count, and we'll get started, all right? Uh, what count? A five count, just count down from five. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Man, <laughs> before you do, holy crap, that was annoying. Right? I've never well, had to deal with that before, but we made it through. We made it through. All right, all right. So we have five, four, three, two. One and we're live. Welcome everybody to the Melancholy Condition. I have our guest today, David, and I forgot your last name. David, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, hello. My name is David Shockley. I am from the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. Awesome. Go ahead and tell us about yourself, man. Uh, so I am here to talk about uh, ADHD, uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. Uh, I really liked the idea of your podcast. Uh, of talking about mental health and talking about uh, working through mental health struggles. Uh, mm -hmm. And I just really wanted to come on and, uh, and kind of tell my story and tell the people of the world uh, kind of what it's like uh, dealing with this. Absolutely, man. So what is your story? So I have, like I said, I have ADHD. And mm -hmm. there is a lot of uh, misinformation as to what that is, what causes that, and, uh, and kind of who gets it and how you get it and kind of things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so to kind of start things off, uh, about I'd say, I'd say early in the early 2000s when I was first diagnosed. I was diagnosed actually I think when I was about eight years old, okay. and yeah, very early on. And at the time, it was considered uh, it was split, mm -hmm. ADD slash ADHD. Yeah, and it was. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And so since then, they have just condensed it down to just ADHD to fill up the whole spectrum of that. Why was it split at first, do you think? I have no idea. It's probably because uh, as they just learned about this type of mental illness, uh, there was – as they were learning about this type of mental illness, I think they were trying to group it up and understanding the differences between it. When they – as time goes on and more research was done, they learned that – they learned that it was just – every case is unique. It's not just two different styles. Yeah. Okay. So first off out the gate – why is it that you think, I mean, you labeled it. I mean, maybe um, the mental health institutions. Uh, what book is it that they have all of them listed in? Is it the, I forget the book. Anyways, um, why is it you think it's labeled a, as a mental illness? I don't, I don't see it as that. I see it as just being hyperactively aware of things, of more things. Oh, I completely agree uh, that, that, I, now, see, I say I say mental illness just as a, uh, I guess, more of a general term as a, just kind of a, a break from the from traditional break from that average there. OK, uh, but but we do have study. It, it has been observed that there is actually a chemical imbalance that happens in the brain of somebody with ADHD uh, that wouldn't in other people. As so there is actually a, a, a chemical thing that's going on as far as like what, like which chemicals is it? Is it like. What receptors are going off with this with an ADHD uh, deficiency, or exactly. um, what deficiency is there if there's one? It's, it's a uh, it's a dopamine deficiency. 
Okay. So somebody, and so what happens is like some, a, you know, a quote unquote, a regular person, they will start their day. They'll go out and they'll be doing activities and your brain rewards these activities and like completing tasks with Mm -hmm. giving your brain will just give you a little bit of dopamine, a little bit of joy there, a little bit of, Oh, you're doing good. Keep on doing your thing. Yeah. So, but with somebody with ADHD, that those receptors aren't really going off when they should be all the time. And that's why I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've experienced this with maybe somebody that, you know, where it's somebody that is just constantly bouncing from thing to thing. They can never concentrate and they, they can never stay in one spot. It's because they're constantly looking for that dopamine because their brain's not giving it to them. So that's why like a normal child can sit down and they can do their work or they can do an activity for an extended period of time because their, their brain's giving them that little, that little drip of dopamine, mm-hmm. but with an ADHD child, it's not. And so they have, they sit there, they're trying to concentrate and then they start tapping their foot. Then they start, you know, playing with something else because it, they're not getting that dopamine anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Um, I think my just, Hmm. I'm very, very finicky whenever it comes to calling. I mean, so yes, there is your scientific um, evidence behind the dopamine not being, but do you think that's with every case? Is that I'm not actually sure. ADHD? Because I feel like there's a lot of people, I mean, including myself, because I was diagnosed ADD whenever I was younger and they were wanting oh, perfect. to put me, yeah. So they were wanting to put me on like tons of medications. And my mom was like against everything medical. She took me to dentists and that was it. She didn't like taking me to doctors. And because of this, I grew to not like um, pharmaceuticals. Um, I didn't take them as a kid and now I won't take them whatsoever. But the thing is, is like, my mom didn't want me to be on all these medications. She said I was fine and I am, you know what I mean? I don't. So my thing is, is I've noticed I do have, maybe it's minor, you know what I mean? Because I can focus on some things, but I think about a lot. I have a higher um, anxiety uh, majority of the time, just because I think about possible outcomes of every scenario. And then I think of different scenarios while I'm doing something like even right now, um, I'm listening to you talk while I'm doing research on, I just pulled up the macronutrient deficiencies of ADHD from the global research consensus. So I'm looking mm-hmm. at this while I'm listening. You know what I mean? So I, I get it. I get it. Um, so my thing is, is, I don't know, is every case really a dopamine or what's listed here? It's uh, the dopaminergic system being a, a deficient, having the transmitters not work as properly as normal, because I don't mm-hmm. feel like I have that. You know what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? Because I don't feel like I fit into that category. I feel like I take on a lot and I have like to multitask with everything. Um, and I have the tendencies of, you know, uh, being very, I guess you could say hyperactive, but I don't know if that relates or correlates anything to a dopamine regulation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So that, that, was, that was just my question is, do you think every case is that has a, has that a correlation with it? So every case is different. And that's why they, that's why they, they decided not to, that's why they decided not Mitigate to. Mitigate it to categorize? Okay. Yeah. To categorize yeah. between the two, because every case is different. So, so you're absolutely right. And at the end of the day, if you have coping mechanisms and, and you have what's working for you, then that's what's mm-hmm. important. And you may not need medication, and that's great. But there's definitely something to be said. There, there are some people that do. Like I, I do take medication, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about that. When I was yeah. said when I was a when I was very young, uh, my mother kind of sat me down and she explained to me kind of what the what the diagnosis was to an eight year old. I don't know why mm-hmm. she was going to be productive. I, I I hadn't read my my journalistic studies on the on the topic before making decisions, and she said. Like, this is what it is. This is kind of what your brain is kind of doing. Now, you, we can either not use the medication or we can try to use the medication. I'm trying to remember what the original medication was. Like, you're right. Back then, they were just throwing everything into kids' mouths. Oh, yeah. My cousin actually had a big problem with that because he got um, – my cousin was born with a stomach upside down, so he got surgery. And I hope he doesn't have a problem with me sharing this. But anyways, um, he that's how put on – what you doing to us? Right? He was put on a bunch of 
bunch of medications that now if you research them they're no, like they didn't know the side effects back whenever because he was like i think right now he's like 36 so you know it's been a while but whenever he was younger he was in the hospital for a large period of his life and they constantly um put him on different medications like every three months or so and you know a lot of his health problems that he has now are um very close related to those medications you know he went into the medical field and he started looking at all these things he was like dude the reason why i have this and the reason why i do this is all because of that thing that they gave me he's like i would be fine if they didn't give me all these medications you know i mean i don't want to um you know go in deep on what medications were given to him but a lot of them are like some of them are now used as psych medications some of them are used to treat like random diseases that didn't he didn't even have they were just giving him you know what i mean so i get it i get it yeah. So anyways, right. go on with what you were saying. So I was saying that, that, you know, so when I was young, that my mother sat me down, and she says, would you like to, to try it with the medication or would you like to try it without the medication? And we, tr- and eventually we ended up trying both. Okay. And when I, I'll never forget uh, when I was a kid and I, I was on the medication, I, I don't remember specifically what it was. It wasn't Adderall, mm-hmm. but it was the, the other one. And I remember I was, I was in the, I was in the library. I was doing a project. And I was writing something, I was writing something, and my friend came up to me and he goes, hey, Dave, uh, I want to I talk to you about this thing real quick. And I looked up at him and, I'm ta- and he's talking to me, he's talking to me, and I could feel almost like this invisible hand on the back of my head that just pushed my, my head back down to my, to my papers because I had to keep working, I had to stay focused. It was, it was very scary to me. As, you know, being a child, like, I, don't, yeah. I didn't understand that. And uh, yeah, it was very scary. And then ever since then, when my mother would give me the medication, I was hiding it in shoes because <laughs> I didn't like it. Uh, so I just, I decided myself that I was going to stop taking it, but I didn't want to tell my mother that I didn't want to take it anymore. I was very embarrassed by this. So, uh, and then I went my a majority of my life mm-hmm. with this, you know, and not understanding why I like, why I thought the way I did, why can I, why can I not sit down and concentrate on, on a subject you know, well, why can I not get anything done? My house is a wreck. I can't get my chores accomplished because every time I sit down to do, to like do the dishes, I'm thinking about a funny joke and Hey, that'd be a funny comedy skit. And then I, let me go write that down real quick. Like I just can't complete tax. And I, and I had constantly subconsciously been trying these different coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. these different outlets to help calm me down. And eventually uh, when I was, I'd say, I'd say about three or four years ago, I, I got a job where I needed to focus constantly or I need to have a high focus level. And when yeah. I started the job, I went, oh my God, like this is the real world now. Yeah. Like this isn't, this isn't high school. This isn't college. Like this is real. And I think this is a level of intensity. And so I went to my doctor and I explained what the problem was. And she says, well, and this was the same doctor that diagnosed me when I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, and she said, well, you know, it sounds like you're still experiencing these symptoms. Like maybe, you know, we've learned a lot since, you know, since we originally diagnosed you about the medications. How about we just try you on a small dose mm-hmm. of, of Adderall? That's it. 15 milligrams. We'll get you. Uh, and now they have the, uh, it's called 24 hour release. So it's, it doesn't, you don't just take it and you just blast off, you know? What is it? What is it? It's, it just gives you a little bit of the time. No, but what is the, the medication? Adderall. Okay. 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 Sorry. I, I've, it, the mic cut out, so I just didn't hear what it was. Just, oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, it was like stuff. 15 milligrams of Adderall. That was it. Just, a, just, and that's like, I'd probably like the smallest one you could give somebody mm-hmm. uh, for context. I'm five foot nine at the time I was 140 pounds. Cause okay. it was, I was, I was a very skinny guy because I was having trouble like feeding mm-hmm. myself. Finding your appetite. Yeah. Yeah. Finding my appetite. And, and even then just like, Oh, I'm starving now. I had totally lost track of time and, I'm, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I have to feed myself. So, so then I started taking it and as now being an adult and understanding what this medication does and understanding the risks, I was able to, first off the, the first like week, my girlfriend loved me because I cleaned the house like five times. <laughs> she was, she was like, Oh my God, I was sleeping. I think I slept like five hours a night. Really? That first week, yeah, because your body has to adjust to it. Yeah, and I'm just so, like, oh, I'm gonna clean everything. Uh, with with that being said, I mean, like I said, I'm totally. 
I, for myself, should I say, I'll rephrase it so I'm not being biased against anything here. Um, I'm 100% for myself against taking pharmaceuticals. I, I don't know why. And maybe it's just because my mom's habits, but I won't take them. Um, I try my best not to. Only time I've ever taken them is when I got my wisdom teeth pulled out. And like that night was terrible because my mouth was just crazy in pain. I couldn't even move it. But um, oh, and actually, I just had my wisdom teeth removed like last week. Yeah. So you probably you're you're familiar. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> that I don't know. Maybe it was just my doctor's too, because I felt like my jaw was just unhinged and then played with and then put back on like real loose. So my mouth were hurt for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyways, I do know that there is because I had friends in school that, you know, ADD and ADHD were popular um, diagnoses, especially of kids that were just just being kids. Um, but there was some kids that were like completely like if they if they didn't have their medication, they were off the walls. Yeah. But, you know, my thing is, is like. I don't know, I have I have a very uh, biased thought process, I guess you could say, as far as diagnosing very, very young kids, because young kids have a tendency to kind of just be like that. You know what I mean? Especially yes. because they're outgoing and creative. And that's what a kid is. But as you get older, you obviously you're saying the, the medications did start helping you. Um, do you see any short term or maybe even long term um, health effects of these medications besides, you know, the positive things? Is there anything that's that may deter you away from taking those? The only reason I asked that is because I had a my mom's last husband. They had a daughter that um, she had Down syndrome, but they also said that she had ADD as well. And whenever she would take her medication, it was like she was just a puppet. She was just she wouldn't talk. She was very like she was too calm. You know what I mean? It wasn't her. Yeah, she was just like her personality. Yeah, it was her personality was like taken out of her. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like that they had her too much on a on a. They had her too much on a strong dose. And I, I remember because I, I had that same thing. I wish I could remember that specific medication. Was it Ritalin? Ritalin. That's what it was. It was okay. Ritalin. Ritalin does the zombie effect. Okay. Was, and and you're right. And that was that's how it was. Was uh, I actually I I watched a bunch of talks and speeches by uh, Dr. Russell Barkley, uh-huh. who uh, is the researcher of ADHD and has been the one that, to kind of push this, the understanding of it and the mm-hmm. diagnosing of it and the, the whole thing. He's really great. And, uh, and he actually discusses that it's, you know, you, you bring your, you bring kids in uh, who were bouncing off the wall and they would, again, you have to properly diagnose them, which is, you're right. That's another, that's a hard trick to do because kids are just naturally hyper. They got all this energy and they're just little tiny batteries. That yeah. Need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once they diagnose it, you know, they have a kid who's bouncing off the wall and then they give them some medication and now the kid's a zombie and yeah. the, terrifies the parents. Cause they're like, what the hell did you do to my kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I will say for me personally, I have not necessarily, well, I can't say that I have seen uh, downsides to it. Uh, you know, getting to bed at night can be a challenge because my, again, now I have this, again, this little drip of dopamine mm-hmm. that's going through me. That's, that's like, Hey, you got this, you got this, you got this. Uh, so it's, uh, it can be difficult to sleep at night yeah, and to be ready for sleep and through that, but understanding that I, you can manage, you you can manage those downsides by, you know, going to, going to sleep at a consistent time every night. Uh, by healthy habits, you know, mm-hmm. you know um, getting a exercising a little, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I know a lot of you know. Exercise, I'm glad like that you you're. Said. I'm actually kind of glad that you're like that. You were on the other side of this. This is interesting. I like. Yeah, that. yeah. We yeah, get to so learn. My question to you is because of how um, of a natural buff I am. Um, if everything, well, not everything, but some things, I tend to try to find a different alternative route that's less. I guess, long-term health effects. Um, Unless invasive, even. Yeah. Um, so anyways, have you, and if you don't want to answer this question, if it may be um, a deterrent on your image, just say pass. But have you ever um, smoked marijuana for your ADHD? Oh, I see what you're saying. So uh, one time I did go to Colorado. Uh-huh. And I okay. did, and it was very helpful because it was legal in Colorado. Yeah. Where are you from? Delaware. I'm in Delaware, Delaware. right now. Okay. Okay. The second smallest right? state. Say that again? The second smallest state. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so in Delaware, um, that obviously those things, are, is it legal medically? 
I believe so. It's like okay. technically legal medically, but the it, reg- probably some very serious mitigations on it, huh? Exactly. So it might as well not even be legal at this yeah. point. Yeah, that's how it was for a while here in New Mexico. But they're actually the new governor just is put some bills into process. So by next year, they should have some new laws. Um, but it is legal medically here. The only reason I ask is because I, I have a lot of friends that um, seem to have some type of issue focusing that, you know, some friends that did have even actually my little brother um, is very, has a lot of mental disorder i wouldn't even say disorders he has a lot of things that he hasn't figured out for himself yet as far as how he thinks and how he processes information and it seems that marijuana helps him process information that he gets throughout his day without emotionally reacting to everything so my Mm -hmm. question to you is how did you feel that you know uh, marijuana helped you um, as far as like being attention deficit for me it was it was uh, for it, it was a counteracting of of when I was going to bed at night. It had just helped me sleep. It helped okay. me turn my brain off. Did you, know, you did? How did it affect your like day to day tasks? Did you notice like anything, like as far as how many things would pop up in your head? Kind of maybe there was less options now because in the beginning, if I'm not mistaken, you said that you there was like a lot of a new suggestions like every five minutes, right? Um, and then I'm asking if if the you know, we helped mitigate that. Like maybe you could focus on things a little bit longer. Not necessarily that. Like I said, for me, it was just, it was as a counterbalance to the Adderall that I take. Okay. As the Adderall kind of helps, it kind of regulates the, uh, it regulates my ability to, to act out what mm-hmm. I want in my head. The, the weed was nice because then it, it, when I didn't need to do that anymore, it could slow me down. It could calm yeah. you down. It was, you know, very, uh, um, it, it was very much a body thing. And I was like, have okay, you, you're done. Have you done any, like, I don't know, personal experiences, like experiments of trying to replace it? I mean, I don't know. It sounds like you've been taking Adderall for a while. So I don't know if that might be the healthiest thing to just jump off of it and try something new. But would that be something that you'd be open to in the future? Like, to try uh, to yes, if, it? Yeah. I, and I've been taking Adderall for about three years now. And oh, I would say that, uh, that uh, absolutely, if it was legal and I had access to it, absolutely, that would be an option. Um, <laughs> You know, I would also have to be considerate. You're right of, of the same health health benefits. You know, benefits yeah. to uh, to downsides ratio. Uh, you know, as again, I'm totally. I, I want this thing to be legal, mm-hmm. like everybody else. And yeah. but I also still have to consider. You know, I have my lungs that I still need to consider. There's still tar in there, uh, and there's still a risk of lung cancer that I have to be aware of. Um, as far as I think marijuana, I don't think there's the tar. Um, that maybe if you're like using tobacco leaves, like uh, cigar wraps. Um. I don't know that there's actually any downside. I mean, like I said, marijuana isn't for everybody, but I do know that there, I can't, let me, I'm going to have my computer next to me. So let me look this up. There is um, a certain cannabinoid receptor that actually increases bio um, vasodilation of your lungs. So it's not bad for you. I think it just depends on how you're taking it in. Mm, that'd be good then. Um, let me look this up real quick. Um um, let me look this up. So tell me a little bit more about um, some of the things that you're dealing with right now with, you know, this ADHD or the ADD, whatever you'd like to refer it to as. And ADHD, that's our, that's our current term. ADHD, okay. So ADHD and your current day-to-day um, uh, endeavors, I guess you could call them. Um, well, I, I feel... I obviously, you know, since uh, uh, since I, I started my treatment, uh, my, my life has gotten significantly better. I, I'm able to accomplish more tasks. My my brain and my uh, my brain and my my body can work in sync again mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, I will say this, that it is not without, you know, medication just doesn't solve everything. It, you can only do that. It needs to be coped with other things like, yeah, to go to therapy which is amazing. I think if anybody is having any type of doubts of their mental health and they have access to a therapist, they absolutely should go to one. I because... Have... Keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Keep going. I'm, I was like, I was just going to touch on that. The last guest that I had an episode with, um, not recently, but the one right before him, it was earlier today. Oh, excuse me. I'm breaking up some coffee again. Um, about 10 o'clock, uh, we had talked about 
because he was from Canada and he was talking about um, how the therapy situation works there. Like, yes, the healthcare is free if you want to wait for it, though, because if whenever it comes to therapy, you're put on like a year long wait list to even see a therapist. And then it becomes, yeah, it's crazy. He said, then if you don't want to put on that wait list, then you're, you know, spending like $250 a week just to see this guy. And then after like six months, they give you a new therapist. So it's like almost uh, defeats the purpose of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you're supposed to build rapport with your therapist. They're yeah, supposed absolutely. To get to know and he said that's the, one of the biggest downsides is, you know, um, building rapport and being um, vulnerable with this person. And then after six months, that person just writing notes down and handing it to the next person, you know what I mean, because of the client rotation. That's as far as the free healthcare. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Did, did you ever um, – do, do you take part in any therapy or anything? Absolutely. And I think that has been just as, if not more helpful than any medication. Because mm-hmm. this is somebody who can look at you from the outside and, you know, you, you ever notice like, like when you're talking about something to your friends and one of your friends is like, uh, I don't think you understand that. Like they can look from the outside and, and say, yeah, you missed all this other stuff. And you're like, yeah. oh, man, I didn't even see that. I was all in my own head about it. This is a person who is like that professional the professional seeing stuff from another angle and, and can help you uh, and, and they can help you work through that and can understand kind of how your mind works a little bit more. And that has been incredibly uh, helpful because they also give you a, they can also give you coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and they can work with you. Okay. This is what's going on with me. How do we solve that problem? And even in the ability to, diagnose not maybe not necessarily diagnose that was the wrong word it was they can see if what you're experiencing is the cause or a symptom does that make sense yeah absolutely i mean that's typically what therapy runs down to is are we our current actions um a long-term effect of something that happened as a traumatic event or is it something that's been developed um short term and then they you know like you said as far as symptoms or causation i guess you could say um how to deal with it you know what i mean and i think a lot of people first of all you have to understand it right you have to understand where it's coming from whatever it is that you're dealing with are you understanding it where is it coming from and then the next steps as you said is is how to deal with it so what i'm finding as far as i kind of wanted to touch back on it um it seems like these stories or these other institutions is finding I think they're just relating smoke being in the lungs as a, sorry, I had to, I had to touch on it. Um, smoke being in the lungs is a bad thing. And it looks like they're pulling studies from cigarette smoking and comparing it. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. So it, it does. It's very, maybe it's we'll still have to wait. Here. Yeah. It's still unsure. Um, but anyways, so if you ever decide to partake on any personal, um, studies for yourself I'd be interested to see how that helps you and um, if it does if not then you know whatever's working now I'm grateful for it um, what are some of the daily struggles that you deal with as far as you know so you're taking this medication and it's helping you perform your daily tasks right yes what are some of the things that you deal with um, have you ever like forgotten to take a dose and it ruined your day or something like that like explain to me how that kind of works Oh yeah, absolutely. And and I have forgotten to take a dose, uh, like in the morning and the kind of the irony of the, or the, the everyday struggle uh-huh. is, is this is medication that helps you to remember to do things, but you have to remember to take it before it can help you. <laughs> so every day is a struggle with getting yeah. up and saying, did I take it? Did I take it? I can't remember. Did I take it yet? Was that yesterday? I don't want to take it again. That's really bad you know what is it and by being confident in yourself and part of my struggle is is keeping track of what i'm doing Mm. okay do you have like itineraries oh yeah i have lists everywhere that's something that i took upon i mean this is just something as far as like my own self-motivation right is um i would whenever i lived on my own in houston when i lived out there in texas um 
in order for me to stop being like real depressed and feeling down on myself, I'd have to make itineraries for me to do things. And then that was really the only time I was able to keep track of my time or else I'd just be like self wallowing and what I'm not doing. And I'm like, okay, well this has to change. And so in one of the earlier seasons of this podcast, I actually advised people, if you want to get out of your mental um, state and kind of get better, kind of get out of this depression, start keep keeping track of your time and, making you do things. Don't just sit around and watch TV. Don't just lay in your bed and sleep all day. Build an itinerary, make a whiteboard and, or even on a paper, you know, just stick to it. And so um, with your itineraries, keeping track of what all do you keep track of? Do you just try to keep yourself busy or are you like making this itinerary to make sure that you're not forgetting things such as your medication? Uh, it's mainly, it's daily tasks. It's, it's okay. a little bit of both actually. Um, now my, it's something I use my itinerary as a way to establish habits with myself okay. because that's where it goes. That's what's very difficult is I need to commit something to, to a habit. And then once it's in the habit, it's so much easier to get done. Mm-hmm. Of course. And then, then, you know, okay, at this time every day, I need to do this. Exactly. And I'm, I'm talking basic stuff, like make sure to brush my teeth, make sure to, you know, take a shower in the morning. You do have enough time for that. You can give yourself enough time for that. That is okay. This is like, you have that time. Don't be scared of it. And, uh, and then once I can commit it to, to that habit, it helps so much more, but even also my itinerary is helpful to motivate me to do other things. Like, if I can like, uh, like for example, brushing my teeth, Okay, I'm sitting around, it, it's a, it's a day where I didn't take my medication. I usually don't take it on weekends just to, uh-huh. again, just to kind of clear my head a little bit, but those are days that I slow down mm-hmm. and those are days I'm like, oh, it's harder to get out of the, out of the bed harder to get off the couch and so if i can break down a list yeah because technically i'm going through withdrawal i guess from it yeah so with that being said do you ever have mood imbalances whenever like what's the longest you've ever decided to stop taking your medication um i've taken i've i haven't taken it for like weeks at a time like if uh like if i uh, like i just told you i had my wisdom teeth removed not too long ago that week i didn't take it because i'm not doing anything i'm sitting on a couch being in pain do you think that medication would actually um counterbalance with the antibiotics they put you on because of the way your body's already processing one medication because your gut flora is used to that adderall right yes yes uh i actually i made sure to bring it up with my dental surgeon that that Uh i take these medications uh, and he said it was totally fine okay interesting i just i had to ask um so what are what's the day in the life of you whenever you're not taking your medication what are what are the things you're experiencing and the things that you're feeling i'm i'm usually feeling slower Okay. Um, I'm usually feeling uh, a little bit more in my head. I also have anxiety. Generally, uh, a lot of people that have ADHD also have anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that you did as well, right? Yeah, all the time. I mean, it's something that I just, it's, I, I'm better at dealing with it, I guess, than most people in most scenarios. Um, and then obviously I have days where it's worse and it gets the best of me, but mm-hmm. I, I just know how to kind of force myself to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of how it is. It's, like you know it's like well this is who i am i have this yeah and uh, And that's actually something that my therapist told me she said you know once i told her i was like i feel anxious all the time and i don't know what to do and etc etc and she kind of sat me down she went dave anxiety that's an emotion like that's a real emotion Mm -hmm. that is part of you like you can't fight that that is like there's a reason that's there you should learn to love that Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day you might just be an anxious person that's you and I thought that was so powerful. I'm, now I'm not fighting against myself. Yeah. And, and I take what, that into my daily life. That's when something I that struggles. I deal with all the time. I mean, that's I mean, what I tell people as far as how I deal with it. You know, I don't look at it. Oh, I, I always freak out about things. I don't look at it that way. I look at it in a sort of, okay, I am not, I don't call it anxious, right? Because there's a negative stigma book behind calling yourself anxious. And I still don't like whenever I say I have anxiety. Yes, it's there, and yes, there's this thing that's around that makes me ask more questions than usual, but I, li- I like to try to make the best out of the situation. I like to say I'm aware. I like to say that um, I'm observant. You know what I'm saying? So I, I try to add... music's going on. One more time? I like to say, like, my battle music's going on. I can't find the enemy yet. Yeah, yeah. So I like to uh, just try to give it a, a positive connotation because if I can think of it in a positive light, um, there's a study an old study by a Japanese doctor, I believe, um, or a professor. He did a study on how your words affect 
um, like water, right? So they would talk over this water and then they would give it or they would make the students feel. Um, let me start from the beginning. They had a big dish of water, right? And they got, they had six students pull water from this dish and then they would have the students like feel or say certain things and put it on a Petri dish. And then they would freeze the water and see what the molecular structure of the water looked like. So each student, someone would feel fear, say I'm scared, or someone would say, I hate this water. It's dirty and polluted. Someone would say, I love it. And they would pray over it and things like that. And these words craze made the molecular structure of this water different certain the good words and everything that was positive there was a very perfect symmetry going on in the water crystals and the negative things there was all jagged it looked like someone just broke glass and it was very very different so my thing is is if you can speak positive words over yourself you can change and alter the way you deal with certain things so if i like to tell myself i'm more aware i'm not anxious, but I'm just observant, things like that. And it's okay for me to ask these questions because then I'll have a more clear and concise answer whenever I'm ready to deal with this situation. That's something that I tell myself because it makes me all in the, in the end of the day, it just makes me feel better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Hey, if it makes you feel better. You do you. Yeah. Uh, I do have a question about that study though, about with the water study. Uh-huh. What happens if they say a word that the water doesn't know? Well, it's not necessarily, um, I don't think it has to do with the water knowing like water, does the water, does water, water, water isn't the what's the what's the grade level of the water is all i'm asking is it hooked on phonics no that that's the thing it's not necessarily the water there's no knowledge water doesn't have knowledge the study was saying the the energy and the no, okay okay I'm messing with you. no 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 for sure for sure um but yeah no that was just you know it's a it's a study based on um, you know, your vocabulary, the connotations and the energy that you have whenever you use vocabulary over yourself and how is it affecting you? That's what the basis is. It, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I understand. But what if maybe that's what smart water is? <laughs> it's, it's, it's water that has a PhD, right? It's, right? That's what it is. it's a pH it level. It's the, pH level. the pH level is just the, the water's intelligence. It's the water's reading level. <laughs> and that's why they're always like an eight because it's a doctor's, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like man, some smart water. <laughs> right. So um what are what, what do you do for um for do, do you have an occupation or are you self employed? No, no, no. I so I do. I work at a bank. I have okay. a very hey, exciting occupation at a bank. <laughs> me too. I'm a teller. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm the guy behind the teller. I'm just a pencil pusher. Okay. Nice. Um so within your occupation, what are the challenges that you face dealing with this? um your adhd it's a great question um i would say staying on task still yeah. is is an issue because again i am on on a low dosage so that mm -hmm. does spill over still um staying on task and reminding myself that i'm going to be there for eight hours and <laughs> understanding what that means mm -hmm. you know uh like you come in and you just want to hit it hard and you're you're full of energy and you're bam you want to do it do it do it i got that hyper focus it's the endurance that can be a challenge. How do you it's deal with that? For I like to, I just try to calm myself down. I go, mm -hmm. okay, let's make a list. Oh, back to the itinerary. Yep. Uh, let's do a list. All right, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. And remembering to take breaks. Mm -hmm. you, like you want to hit it hard right in that, that first two hours and get it all done, but then you're going to be burnt out. So forcing yourself to relax, to take, like I, I'm going to take five. Having that set up on your calendar, take five minutes interesting change the change your whatever you're doing you know you know talk to your coworker for a second not too long yeah. just, you know don't don't want to piss off the managers so you want to you, you basically what it sounds like is you're giving yourself the time to cool down right so your yeah. motor's going all the time but you give yourself that time to exhaust exactly exactly and i will say one of the biggest challenges that i face is when i think of an idea that I think is actually good, like something for my podcast mm -hmm. or something for like another side project that I'm doing. It's, it fires open that part of your brain, that creative part of your brain. And I go, Oh, that'd be a funny little joke. Hey, let me write that down. Or, Oh, that'd be a cool idea. Let me, let me text my co my, uh, my co-host about that. Maybe they'll like that. And mm -hmm. then after I do that, it's activated. It's in, I'm in creative mode. Ah, I, so you just get stuck there. Yeah. It's like, fuck work. <laughs> fuck doing this for the moment i am i'm getting out of here i'm about to be a millionaire 
yeah yeah see i i get that i understand that especially like um in the middle and that's how i kind of cope with everything like if i'm in an awkward situation i kind of make a joke out of it but there is a fine line of me actually thinking something's funny and me trying to cope with the situation this is something that i'm still trying to get my girlfriend to understand is like whenever i'm joking about things it's not me it's not my anxiety talking all the time sometimes i just think it's funny and that's actually a lot of things that i wanted to work on for a while as far as like comedy because i think i could be a really good comedian i think i can make some funny jokes you know what i'm saying so that's something that i i can relate to because a lot of like instances through my day i'm just like okay how do i make this funny like the other day i was driving from a meeting and these old people (laughs) they had this disco ball and hanging from their mirror and so like in my car i'm getting these random little shimmers of light and i'm like what is going on so i look at my rear view mirror and the sun is just hitting that disco ball perfectly and it's just shining into my car and i'm just like oh man they just must be loving life and i thought that was funny and if i could write that down and word it into an experience that other people could think is funny then boom that's comedy you know what i'm saying absolutely did you look over was it bootsy collins driving (laughs) I think it was Prince. <laughs> but I could have swore it was Saturday Night Fever in there. Right? No, for real. It was crazy because um, they were they were very, very, they were like, had to be at least 70. But, <laughs> but it, was, it was just funny. It was a funny time for me. Have um, you ever done an open mic night? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. That's like the craziest experience of my life. I've done one. I did one. I was a magician for 10 years mm-hmm. all throughout high school, performing. It was very comfortable on stage, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, all right, fuck this magic shit. I want to become a musician. So then I learned how to play some instruments and got on stage. Again, loved it. Being on stage, it's a rush for me. I love being a performer. Mm-hmm. And then once the, once the music stuff, when that died down and I started the podcast, I was, I was like, okay, well, let me, let me, maybe I can finally do this, this comedy thing. Because I, I was just like you. I'm like, I could probably do this. And I have stage experience. I'll be very comfortable mm-hmm. upstairs. Oh, I'm sorry, on Did stage. Bomb? Uh, immediately. <laughs> it, it was a nightmare <laughs> how'd it go it went i they did so i wrote the jokes i mean it was like a six seven minute set uh-huh. and uh, i got 30 percent laughs is what i was told i was told uh-huh. it was 30 percent, which is like one joke when you think about seven yeah. seven minutes long uh that is the longest seven minutes of my life that i've ever oh, gone man through. And I feel like that's a part of the experience, though. Every comedian that I've heard talk about their first years of being a comedian, they all talked about their first, like, five sets just burning. Yeah, that's how it is. And then I sat down, and I was just – I mean, I was in a rush. I mean, it was – I was truly alive. I was like, wow, I just totally ate shit. I can't wait to do that again. Have you, have you revisited it? Have you been revisiting? Why not? I, I, I really want to. Are you scared? And now I'm very scared because now I know. Yeah. Now I know what it's like. Do you know? I mean, why don't you just use that energy to push you to be maybe revisit those jokes? You could, I guarantee you, bro, you could take those same jokes, right? And just figure out a way to reword them and maybe casually bring it up in a conversation, right? Try to make it a conversation starter in your next like random altercation like if you can build some rapport with a coworker and be like yeah so the other day anyways i was driving down the street and the 70s just rolled up behind me with this disco ball a couple of oldies you know they were probably at least 600 just pulled up in an suv with a disco ball hanging from their mirror for a brief moment i thought i was in a music you know something like that so i would suggest you know i'm no comedian i'm no comedian i know how to make people laugh in a conversation and i think that's all comedy is i think Based on the comedy that I've watched, um, it's just like trying to make a lead a conversation, like a simple statement into a punchline. Yeah. Absolutely. So I maybe revisit that. You know what I mean? You, you never know where it could take you. You could probably be an amazing uh, comedian. There was one guy that I watched that had, um, he had Tourette's. He just, he couldn't stop uh, stuttering and his stutters would like, it was super um controlling of the conversation but he turned it into jokes into into um him being a comedian and one of his little bits was like yeah 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 i i i i probably would be the worst gps because i would be like (laughs) turn left 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 turn around or something like that and um anyway so but he made the best out of it you know what i mean and people loved it so maybe that's something that you can use um as fuel as maybe like another um reference to 
retargeting the energy that you have. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you're constantly having to focus on new things. Maybe that's something that could help you cope with that. You're right. That'd be a great coping mechanism. And uh, and I, I'm, I'll even extend on that, that, I mean, I think about it every day. Like, should I do that? Should I do the comedy thing? Will I have enough hey, time for that? If you're thinking about it every day, I think you need to do it. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we have ADHD. We think about everything every day. Yeah, but, I mean, at the same time, there's certain things that are just a thought, and there's certain things that, like, as far as your career and as far as things that you think you really want to do, uh, there's a different – I mean, like I said, I don't think my ADHD is probably as bad or as severe as yours, cause, but there is certain things that I know, like like this podcast, right? I think about my podcast all the time. I think about what guests I'm bringing on. I'm thinking about how to get new guests. I'm thinking about how to get better listeners and how to get people to share my stuff. You know what I mean? That's what I think about all the time. And I think that means that the reason why I think so much about this thing is because I want it to work out. And that's my philosophy behind a lot of things. You put the attention into what you want to work. You know what I mean? So regardless of you having like a plethora of thought processes going on throughout your day, what is something that you visit the most? Is it this comedy thing? Okay. So is that the universe telling you like, Hey, I'm, I'm waving here, like work on me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and, and having those outlets, like having that, 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 I will say this. Have you noticed to having ADHD that you always need to be like, you have to have some type of creative outlet? Oh yeah. I mean, that's with everything I do, my business ventures, everything that I've done. I don't know if it's because of ADHD, but I feel like I have to have a lot of, to be able to feel like I'm doing anything worth value. I have to be doing a lot of things all at once. Yeah. You have to constantly be multitasking. Yeah. I'm just not fast enough. Dad, dang it. <laughs> I think it's just, it's not ever necessarily even fast enough. I think it's just being able to calm down and be like, okay, well, I'm going to start working on these five things and, whether it be podcasting, comedy, website building, and work, and, you know, being a great boyfriend or husband in my relationship, those are all great things to work on. And I think if you could figure out a formula, and I'm really big on formulas as far as, like like you said, following your itinerary, I think that's part of a formula, to become successful and to become great and to be able to take whatever, you know, just like I was mentioning in one of my older episodes, um, like a car, right? Every car has something that's going to be wrong with it. And so understand like, okay, I come with this. Now, how am I going to be able to use that to leverage myself? That's a part of me that makes me unique. So let's use it to become the better version of me. Absolutely. Take what you have to get what you need. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your podcast, David. So my podcast, we, like I said, it's the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. And we interview people that aren't famous, but should be. And Interesting. Yep. Because... Uh, Obviously, I'm in a small state of Delaware, but we're surrounded by some very great places, uh, PA and Maryland and mm -hmm. New York. And I'm like, there's, there's, I know there's people around me. You don't need to live in those places in order to be interesting. There's interesting people all around us. And have you ever noticed, I'm not sure if you're a fan of like interview podcasts with like famous people. But Sometimes. Yeah. And like you, you listen to them and it's like, wow, well, this is great. I get to hear a person talk about how, like, about their life. But, like, this is somebody who I'm never going to be able to relate to. Mm -hmm. This is somebody who's going to answer kind of the – who under, knows their talking points. They know their talking points very well. They know their anecdotes. And they know the thing that they need to plug. And I thought, you know, I, I don't want that polish. I want to talk to real people that are really doing stuff that inspires them. And I want to feed off that energy. And I want to have fun. I want to learn stuff because I'm an, I don't think I have an addictive personality. I have an obsessive personality. I want to learn more. Interesting. And so I guess in a way I do use, I, I do use my ADHD in that way where I just, I'm like, okay, that's great. I love your thing. And then the next person I can just direct my attention to a totally different world that somebody else is in. And when I'm doing research on it and I love that because people are interesting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So and, who are some are the, the people that how do you deem somebody necessary of fame? Right. So how do you whenever you have a guest and then that's what your, your podcast is, it's over, right? It's having guests on that are supposed to be famous. It, it's people that aren't famous. Yeah, that aren't famous, but you deem them necessary to be famous. Right. Where do yes. you draw that line? Uh, for me, it's it's a simple motion that I do. Okay. It's. It's when I'm sitting there and I'm talking to them or I'm hearing about them mm -hmm. and I do that lean forward. Interesting. Yeah. That, 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 that psychology lean, right? Yeah. That, that natural, I want to know more. Tell me. 
Interesting. I, I think if, if I can do that, then there's got to be somebody else that would be interested in this as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, I interviewed a lady who, uh, she's a disaster manager, a disaster specialist. And mm-hmm. it was, I mean, and I had just bumped into her as a friend of a friend. And she told me what she did. She was like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm a disaster manager. And I was like, what is that? And she kind of like told disaster me. Disaster relief? Or? Yeah, like disaster relief. Okay. So she manages the resources that like when when shit goes down via mm-hmm. usually like a natural disaster, when shit goes down, she shows up and she helps rebuild houses and she helps manage the resources mm. to do so. Like, okay. she's like this is where firefighters need to go. This is where paramedics need to go. Yeah. And uh, and she has a degree. I believe she may even have multiple degrees. I know she's working on her master's, but uh, about doing this and she just loves this. This is what she loves to do. And it, it you can see the passion in her eyes when she talks about it and she just lights up and I'm like, I, that's what I love. I need so that. You like to find people that are just passionate about what they do. Right. But something exactly. that's obviously a little bit more on the, uh, I, I guess it's kind of hard to tell this day and age. Cause people are getting famous for some very questionable things, but exactly. I, so in, in a sense, basically it's just people that are very just passionate about what they do and they're not getting enough recognition. Exactly. That's exactly okay. right. Interesting. Interesting. That's cool to hear. Um, so my question to you is where do you, what are some of your goals for your podcast and how do you deal with your personal um, abilities? Like as far as the things that you claim is a disorder, how do you deal with that whilst dealing with your podcast? Well, I'd say as far as my goals with the podcast, my I think what I would love, this is my, would be my favorite thing is I just want people to be more curious about the people that are around them. Mm-hmm. And those are the, that's what I really want because we're in a very polarizing time right now, especially politically, mm-hmm. you know, where it seems like everybody disagrees with everybody else on everything. You can't find something everybody agrees on. And I don't think that's how things really are. I think that's what we're shown. And the, what I think is the best way to combat that contrast is by having a conversation, talking with each other, learning about our differences and appreciating them, even if we don't understand them. Mm-hmm. So if I can bring a, somebody who maybe others would find uh, a little strange or, or confusing onto, onto my show and I can talk to them and I, can, uh, and, we, and I can get that person to be just a little bit more interested in something that they didn't, then I think I've, I've done my job, especially if then they go to work and they think, oh, wow, that was really interesting. I didn't know that these types of people were around me. I wonder who else is like that. And yeah. it makes them more curious about the people around them and, and just about the world around them. That's a job well done for me. Do you think that your podcast encourages people to be a little bit more outspoken when it comes to getting to know people? What, say it again? I said, do you think your podcast, because of that like um, mystery factor of not knowing the true personality of a lot of people out there, do you think it encourages some of your listeners to be more um, outspoken whenever it comes to getting to know people, a little bit more open-minded? Yes, I, I think so. Or at least that's what I hope. That's, that was my plan. Interesting. Absolutely. So now um, I wanted to touch on the last part of that question that I had asked you. How do you deal with your personal issues um, and your podcast? Or what are some of the personal issues that you have? Um, like as far as the ADHD, how do you mitigate that opposed to working with your podcast at the same time? It, it can be a challenge. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie to you. Uh, you know, having difficulty concentrating mm-hmm. uh, to get something done. You know, when I edit, it takes me, but one episode takes about anywhere between five and eight hours of editing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And that's a commitment. That's mm-hmm. a commitment on a Sunday. Absolutely. Like, that's a shift. And so being able to manage, like, how am I going to do this? Because I don't have a manager sitting behind me telling me how to do it and when to do it and, and get the fuck done. Mm-hmm. It's just me. I'm my own manager. And so I have to establish my own techniques. I have to establish my own work schedule. And, and then in all that, like, like figuring out how to edit things and, uh, and promote it and being all these different departments – that normally would be that you'd have other people doing. Yeah. Like marketing and graphic design and all that. Exactly. Exactly. 
and figuring out, okay, I, I, this isn't just a bunch of work that's piled on top. When you start looking at it like that, when it's like, it's just a mountain of work. First mm-hmm. off, it stops being fun. Yeah. And of second course. off, you never get anything done because then you look at this giant mountain of work and you, and you get anxiety and you do nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's a struggle for me. And that's why I say, okay, let's just calm down. Let's just hit one thing at a time. And that's uh, where those lists come into play, right? Yes. And asking for help. Okay. Us podcasters, we're, we're lone wolves. We love doing things by ourselves. That's why we started this. Mm-hmm. But there's at some point you, you got to say, I got to collaborate. Collaboration is some of the best art ever. <laughs> and being scared of that, I, I'm, I'm kind of a control freak sometimes. I love yeah. to be in control. Mm-hmm. And so giving that up was terrifying. I and bet. I, I had tried a few different co-hosts out and they all, God bless every single one of them. But, you know, some of them don't work out for one reason or another. And, you know, one of them just moved away. It's me now. I was vulnerable and I gave you a part of my life. I gave you a part of this project and you're not here anymore. And that hurts. So how do you Were you doing it live or was it being recorded as far as video? All pre-recorded and just audio. So, I mean, couldn't you guys could have worked that out? As we far could have been doing remote guests, kind of like how we're doing here, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's very true. But it's just they have other commitments. Okay, so it was basically they 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 weren't in it as much as you were. Exactly, or they were at the time, and they just can't continue that. They commitment. grew out of it. Yeah, yeah. Or they didn't grow out of it. You just kind of had higher expectations for them. They may exactly. have just been doing it because it was like a creative output for a short period of time. Um, exactly. Yeah, that's understandable because I've had things where, you know, I've done a lot of YouTube series with friends and stuff like that where I've done like talk shows where we would talk about a subject and we would talk about an issue. I've always been based around mental health and self-motivation. So the one YouTube series I started called All Bullshit Aside, there'd be times where we'd record or we'd like not take recording serious. And there was times where, you know, my partner just wasn't in the great mood and he just couldn't come up with anything and you know i've I've been there i've been there and shortly majority of that stuff came to an end that's why i did it by myself because i could kill, hold myself accountable i can't hold other people accountable you know what i mean yeah yeah and you have and you know your own drive absolutely absolutely and i know even that i could force myself like today i didn't want to record podcast today i have three episodes already pre no four episodes pre-recorded um for the next two weeks for me to drop but i don't i want to stay that much ahead so i recorded three episodes today you know what i'm saying yeah. And that's where it, that's where it comes for me, because it's always like, all right, you have or I have myself. I'm about to start two jobs and I want to do this podcast. And I'm um, well, I have one job. I'm about to start a second. Anyways, I'm in a relationship and I am trying to do this podcast. So my thing is like, all right, so how are you going to do it? Huh? Huh? And that's my it's a test to myself. You know what I mean? I like to see where, how I deal with things. That's how I learn too. Um, anyways, David. So far, we've had an amazing conversation. Um, I want to go ahead and wrap this up just because I have a lot of things planned out for the rest of the day. I'm going to give you this last couple minutes to share any messages that you may want to share with the listeners, any advice that you want to give out. Um, if you have any questions for me, go ahead and ask them. And at the end, we'll have you share um, all your social media and your podcasts, anything that you want to self-promote. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, if I said if I had any final uh, final notes for for the listeners. Anybody listening to this, uh, I know we've talked a lot about about uh, ADHD, uh, but if you have any type of uh, mental thing that you're not sure what's going on, if if you're not sure if if what you're feeling is is normal, uh, feel free to reach out to somebody. There's always going to be somebody there that's willing to listen, uh, and don't be afraid of asking for help because everybody can't do it by themselves all the time. And then on top of that, uh, be curious about the people around you. The world is a big place. You don't have enough time to experience it all, so try to experience as much as you can. I like it. I like it. And then do you have any um, last messages for me, any things that you may want to cover before we leave? Oh, no, I, I think we pretty much covered it all. I learned so much from you. Uh, I hope that, uh, I hope that we, we can both walk away a little bit more open-minded about, about this, uh, um, this condition that we, uh, that we both have. But I think, but no, I had an absolutely wonderful time. Thank you so much for having me on. For sure, David. Uh, go ahead and give yourself a little bit of a, a self-promotion, man. Share any, in from any social media, 
any websites and, you know, podcast books, whatever it is that you want to promote, go ahead and give it a shout. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, as I said, uh, my podcast is called the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast. We interview people that aren't famous but should be. Uh, you can just go to MaximumMediocrity.com and all of our information is on there. Give us a listen. Awesome. Do you have any Facebook pages or Instagram or Twitter? Yes, absolutely. Our Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Maximum Mediocrity. And the, the Instagram is Maximum. It's, it's just at Maximum Mediocrity. Okay, cool, cool. I'll be sure to tag you whenever I do the press release. Thank you okay. so much for everybody for listening. And thank you, David, for joining me on another episode of The Melancholic Condition. You guys have a good one. Thank you. See you later, David. See you. Hopefully you've had an amazing time listening to this podcast. If you could do me a huge favor, I have a few questions to ask. One, if you'd like to support this podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash melancholy condition. There's a button on there that allows you to support just a dollar a month to help the future episodes of this uh, podcast progress. Secondly, whatever platform that you're listening to this podcast on, do me a huge favor and just give it a rating. If you wanted to give a five star, great. If you wanted to give it a one star, even better. If you want to just go ahead and tell me everything that I'm doing wrong or everything that I'm doing right, I would absolutely love it. Just anything helps. And second, thirdly, if you have anybody that you'd like to send this podcast to, anybody that you think this episode particularly or any other episodes they may benefit from, do that and just share it with them. Thank you so much.